The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value, and so can you. Welcome to the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper, and great to be with you again for yet another week. And today we're going to be talking about the five principles for trusting selling with my guest today, Nikki Bonfante. Um, I'd first like to say that a big thank you to my guest last week, Joy Marsden, a really engaging self-development session on uh, on keep stepping um, around leading yourself and others during turbulent times. And I thought it was a fantastic way to start the year, really, with Joy. And she's full of energy, uh, full of uh, Jamaican sunshine, as I put it. Um, and I would recommend if you want uplifting, you want to start your year well, um, help yourself think about your own self-development, go back into the archive and, and have a listen. So unless you spend the whole day asleep in bed, it's probably unlikely that you will have a day where you're not hearing someone's integrity being questioned, whether it's in the media, whether it's in a newspaper, at work, uh, within your family. And the truth is that trust is just so important, isn't it? And if you're a highly trusted person, people will listen carefully to what you have to say. Uh, they're not going to discount what you're going to say. They're more likely to buy from you. But it's not just individuals in you know, groups of people like politicians and large companies are so often under scrutiny and, uh, and not trusted which must have a huge impact on their business. High integrity companies, uh, I'm sure, really do enjoy high levels of, uh, of success and sales. So we're going to talk about sales today. Uh, I'm involved in that activity myself, and I'm often trying to work that really kind of authentic line uh, when you're, you're selling your, yourself and selling your business. Um, and I think, um, therefore, this is, is a really important subject. How do we successfully uh, sell in a very authentic way uh, that matches our values that people really buy into. So would you like to generate more sales a trusted way? Well, my guest, Nikki Bonfanti, she helps put, she says, the soul back into selling. She helps particularly female business owners find their inner sales superhero so they can find their own way of selling with authenticity and integrity and feeling very congruent and aligned. Through her own company, Trusted Sales Dynamics, Nikki has helped hundreds of business owners uh, apply her five principles for trusted selling, which we're going to talk about today. Now, during a 15-year career in global sales and marketing, um, her approach um, led to her being promoted incredibly every single year um, due to her sales results. Uh, she tells on a personal level that she's ecstatically married to her husband, Ivano Bonfante, for over 20 years now. Uh, and I'm delighted to share and to hear that his band proper has just gained a recording contract, which I think is very, very cool, being a music lover myself, uh, bit of a dream um, there I think um, for me personally that uh, Ivano has gone and achieved and his and his um, band so we wish them all the greatest of success this year with that new contract 
Uh, they also have a wonderful daughter, Fabia, now age 14. Nikki's a fan, um, dare I say, of Chelsea Football Club, who are <laughs> meeting my team uh, tomorrow, Leicester City. And we're hoping to upset the apple cart. Um, but uh, I have to say, Chelsea are on fantastic form at the moment. Um, so a huge welcome today to uh, Nikki Bonfanti. Thank you very much, Chris. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Really, real pleasure to uh, to have you on the show today. And uh, Nikki, you were born in Zambia. You know, tell us a little bit about your your childhood, how it influenced you, and uh, and where you ended up living now. Well, many many years ago, it was actually uh, northern Rhodesia at the time, but it became Zambia. So that dates me a little bit. Yeah, my parents were missionaries, um, so I was born there. But I was just a child when I came back to the UK. Um, but because of my dad's job being a, a minister, we moved around quite a lot. So, um, so I had to get used to starting new schools, making new friends uh, on quite a regular basis. I think I went to five different. Um, primary and junior schools before I started um, secondary school. So I, it, that gave me the skills to uh, build rapport, I guess, and, and get to know people and to make myself part of the, uh, the new school environment um, that I had to get used to. And, and did, were, you, uh, were you moving you know, from different countries? You obviously moved from Northern Rhodesia, but were they all in the UK then or did you, did you live in other countries too? Yeah, once we came to the UK, um, we moved around from Liverpool, London, Bracknell, all over. Um, and it wasn't until I was grown up that I started travelling abroad again. Yeah, great. And, uh, uh, and uh, which, which was most dif- different, Zambia or Liverpool? Well, I think I've got used to different cultures and different people and even different languages and different accents um, just from, yeah, moving around a lot. Yeah. yeah my wife's family from Liverpool, they have a tremendous uh, accent. Uh, <laughs> it was actually Skelmersdale that I came from, so she might know that area. Skelmersdale. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> how did that moving around then really you know, influence, influence you and you said that it enabled you to generate rapport with people? Um, but you know some of those things that you learn, you know, maybe with having a you know government minister father and that sort of thing, have they influenced this ability to communicate? Yeah, it wasn't a government minister; he's a Methodist Sorry, minister. I meant, I meant a Methodist. Yeah. Minister. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Um, I guess. I guess having to uh, get to know people starting school term can you imagine as a child um, in the middle of the school year when everyone's got their groups of friends um, it's not easy um, and it was something that I didn't look forward to but you just had to get on with it and I and I do I have still got friends from different places and different times of my life um, so I think that that ability that skill to be resilient and to make friends make build rapport with with people that you don't know very well quite quickly is something that has stood me in good stead uh, in a sales career and um, what a, in, you uh, went and lived I know in Italy and you speak speak Italian as well you know what inspired yes. your interest in Italian and then from Italian and teaching Italian you moved across to selling Can you tell us a bit about that well um once I I finished my first degree in communication studies. I then trained to become a teacher and the course I was on was in Birmingham. 
And you might not know this, but um, Birmingham and Milan in Italy are twin cities. So a lot of the students um, from Milan came over to learn English in Birmingham. And I was working in a summer job teaching English as a foreign language um, and met lots of Italian students. Um, and I hadn't planned to go and live in Italy or even visit Italy, but I planned to go into railing with some friends to have a holiday in Greece. And the train went through Italy. So I stopped off there and met up with, um, with a young man that I'd met in Birmingham just because I had a few hours to kill. Um, and that's Ivano, who I ended up marrying years later. Um, and he helped me find somewhere to live. He helped me find a, a job. Um, so still on my interrail ticket, which is a month a month long ticket for traveling around Europe, I had my holiday in Greece, came back, got myself a job, got myself somewhere to live, and um, and stayed there for six years. Wow! And mm. um, so I mean, I'm, I'm, this is probably completely off the wall, but what's what's the secret of, a, of an ecstatic marriage after twenty years? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, being interested in each other I guess I mean we have uh, we have common interests but we also have our own interests Um, and he's he's also a great great guy he does all the cooking and the shopping and what's not to like wow fantastic he doesn't fancy coming and living here does he (laughs) no (laughs) wonderful Um, so let's talk about sales then And, and the word sales often it often creates in people an, an, an inattention. Um, why is this and what can we do about it? Yeah, that's true. The original, I've done a bit of research on this, and the original Old English word, selen, means to give or to donate. Um, but we kind of lost that meaning along the way. And the stereotype that is fading now, it's not, it's not as strong as it was 10, 15 years ago, but the stereotype of the kind of pushy, manipulative um, salesperson with an agenda to follow to make you buy something you want to that you don't want to buy whether you want to or not all of that kind of pushiness uh, is still kind of a stereotype in a lot of people's minds but the reaction to that is to swing to the other end of the pendulum and totally avoid the sales and so I work particularly with with a lot of women and a lot of coaches or people in the in the healing um, industry where it's all about giving and, and serving people and they don't want to be associated with those images of selling so they go to the complete opposite and they uh, worry about what people think about them and they worry about not putting an offer out and they worry about not even mentioning a sale uh, there was one person who had um, who had an amazing product that I wanted to know about it was this great coffee that um, didn't stop you sleeping and it um, ha- had um, properties in it that helped any cancer cells it was an amazing thing if it did everything on, that it said and this lady told me all about it um, and I was just waiting to to hear how I could get hold of it or how I could try it. And then she just said, thanks for listening and walked off. And there was no offer there. Yeah. And it's and it and what I think is is happening there is whether you're being a pushy, annoying type of person or whether you're being an avoiding type of person, you're putting yourself first. You're putting your own agenda first because the annoyer person is is trying to sell you something, whether you want it or not. But the avoider is putting their own kind of ego first. They don't want to be thought of as, as pushy or they don't want to be thought of as that. But what 
the middle ground and the best way is to be an attractor and an aligned salesperson. And the, the secret of that is putting the prospect or the client first and putting your own agendas and stop worrying about what people think about you and stop worrying about that little voice in your head and focus on what the what the prospect needs really true and then putting that that customer first and maybe to sort of thinking about actually you know what, what you're offering with your products and service can, can be hugely valuable to people exactly. we, were having, we were having this debate this discussion yesterday at a team meeting and that's you know sometimes we you know we're connecting with people and because of maybe timing or needs at a certain point of time then you know you can be kind of shrugged off um mm. Because um, you know what you offer is not needed, but I was just sort of pointing out we've got a few new clients at the moment, and we're just sort of saying actually how grateful those people are that we're involved with their businesses now. Mm. We've got to remind mm. ourselves of that actually that we're we're there to do good and to help, and sometimes we will connect with people who don't want to talk to us, but maybe they will further down the line. And um, exactly, but, you know, don't be ashamed of that. It's very it's mm. really. Exactly. There's some statistics, I forget where I got them, but in any time, from any list or any room that you're addressing or any audience that you're addressing, only 3% are interested in what it is that you've got right now. And there'll be another 30% that'll be never interested, but that leaves 67%, if I've got my maths right, um, who will be interested at some point in time. So it's how you nurture them and how you keep those relationships going so that when they're ready, you're the person that they think of and come to first. That's that's that's, that's a hugely valuable set of set of statistics. That actually, Nikki. Mm. That, um, yeah, it really is. Just uh, yeah, remind, reminding yourself of that regularly is uh, mm. very valuable. Mm. Because so much focus and so much energy and 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 money goes into chasing new clients, chasing the the new the new leads. But there's in fact a lot of people that you've probably already got in your pipeline or you've met down the road or I've heard you speak three years ago and now the time is right. So, yeah, it's good to remember that. So should people feel proud of being in sales? I think so. If they're putting their client first and they're solving a problem and doing a service um, as, as part of what they're selling, then most definitely, yes, that's what I'm all about. Yeah. And I, I guess, you know, businesses are about, you know, serving people and you know, employing people and, you know, it feels with, without, without sales, then your, your business couldn't function, customers wouldn't gain value, the economy wouldn't grow. Um, is sales not one of the most important roles that there is in, in any kind of business? Definitely, definitely. Without sales, without clients, yeah, businesses don't grow. And and that's that's part of the mission. When I when you mentioned the discover your inner sales superhero, that's the process I do with new clients to to look at what it is that what is their superpower, if you like. What is the one thing that they do that can help people? And mine is to show people who love to serve but hate to sell that they can only truly serve by selling what they've got to give and selling it authentically so that they're helping others that's very interesting i love, I love that as well i love to love to serve but hate to sell because i, I often see that with regards to um you know, people who maybe come out of corporate and they set up their own company yeah um, they've got a real desire to help and add value that they you know just want to serve and the biggest frustration um can be when you first 
you know, certainly start out maybe even for a year or two is that you feel you've got so much to give to people and want to give, but not enough to give it to. And, and that's probably not good enough to give it to is probably because you don't feel comfortable selling. Exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. So you create, you've created some, uh, some principles. So are you saying, are we saying that actually this, does this process become easier if you're, if you're trusted and you kind of align it, the process to you? Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It all starts with with you and yourself and your and self-knowledge. If you know what you're good at and if you know what works for you, then that can save an awful lot of time um, not doing all the stuff that people are telling you you should be doing in your business because, you know, that won't work for you and you know what does work for you. So you've got we're going to go about three minutes to a commercial break now. I just wonder if maybe you could just you've got five principles for. Uh, for trusted selling, which um, I guess the opposite is that is selling that's not trusted, but five principles, <laughs> um, which we'll talk about after the after the break. But maybe you could just share a very quick, just top line overview of what those five are, and we'll we'll go into more detail after the break. Sure. Okay. Well, I, I've hinted at the first one already. The first one is trust yourself by knowing yourself really well. The second one is trust in what you do or sell. You've heard this before that if you can't sell something you don't believe in. Um, the third one is trust your prospects or your your um, potential clients that they know what they want, but they need your help to find that out. Um, the fourth one is trust your sales process. Um, and the fifth one is trust your clients so that they, uh, by keeping in touch with them and understanding their needs, you can find out what next steps and what new products you could produce that will keep them coming back for more. Excellent. So, so in, in, in kind of in a, a summary, then we, we, we've got a, it starts with us and it starts with building that self sort of confidence and, and then getting confident about what it is that you're actually selling and then it moves into um into you know building that trust amongst prospects and then yes. um getting a clear process that's that's understood and then really trusting and developing trusting relationships with those end customers that's uh, that's it. That's it. Not not stopping. Not not stopping to build the rapport once they've signed up, but to keep that relationship going. Yeah. yeah. Because as you pointed out earlier, it, it is easier, isn't it, to generate more work from your existing customers than to go through that whole process to find new ones. Exactly. Once you build the trust, then you build on it. Yeah. 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 I mean, how do you just? We've got two minutes. How do you define trust? Oh, that's a big question. Um, there's different parts of it. I think um, Stephen Covey in his book, The Speed of Trust, breaks it down into like 13 different aspects. But for me, transparency is a really big part of it. So not hiding stuff, being really open, being really honest um, and even being open about pricing. If people want to know, you know, you some sales courses teach that you don't reveal the price until the end, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but being open and transparent and, uh, and, and knowing knowing what the agenda is for each party. So you're looking for a win-win all the time. And it's not about putting one over on on either side. It's a shared journey. Excellent. Thank you. Well, that was um, that was nearly as good an answer as to somebody who I uh, asked just for a, a joke to explain e, e equals MC squared with about two minutes to go, and he did it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So lovely. Well, we're, we're going to go to commercial break now, and after the break, we shall be um, back and and really start to go through some of those principles. Start to think about 
you know how how trusted are you when you're selling and um what do you need to to do and uh, and behave and operate uh, to develop a a trusted selling system that really does work so we'll be back with you again in just a couple of minutes when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. tuned into the business elevation show with your host chris cooper if you have a question or comment about our show please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk that's chris at chriscooper.co.uk now back to chris cooper hi this is chris cooper i'm with nikki bonfanti we're talking about five principles for trusted selling and before the break, uh, Nikki was explaining what trust meant to her about you know, openness and transparency and ability to look for a win-win. And, you know, I think um, you know, that somebody who is highly trusted, people are more likely to buy from you if they if they have that sort of confidence in you um, rather than think you're trying to you know, pull one over them. Um, we uh, we started, talked about the five steps and five. the first sort of step was really to uh, take a look you know, at yourself because it it starts with you. Uh, and I'm interested from your perspective, Nikki, you know, what do people really need to do to, you know, look internally into themselves to uh, therefore develop the way they come across externally to uh, potential customers? Well, there's a number of things. Um, there's a lot of um, personality profiling tools out there um, that are really helpful. Um, I use Talent Dynamics as one of them, um, which can give you an idea of how you're perceived by others and also what you're really, really good at. Because often, we're, if we're really good at something, we take it for granted and we don't realize that actually others would love to have that skill, would love to have that talent, and they look at you in awe, but you just see it as normal when you think everyone else is the same. So holding that mirror up to people so that they see themselves and, and their talents for what they really are um, can be done through through those profiling tools, through having a coach who does that for you, or through doing a simple 360. For example, just get 10 people that know you really well to write down a few words to describe you and see where where the commonality is and see if there are any surprises there. So those are some of the things that I do with clients when, when we first start working together. Another thing is to tap into 
what they're really proud of. And one of the first questions I give a client is, tell me five things that you're really proud of in your life or in your business. And uh, they find that really, really difficult um, because often we we gloss over all our achievements. We gloss over all the stuff that we could be celebrating and just focus on things that we're not so good at. But once they pull it out, once they realize, yes, they have got a first in a, in a degree or they have run a marathon or whatever it is, whatever they've achieved, um, we can keep reminding them of that. So it raises them up to their highest level. And it keeps them there because they, uh, they've got someone who now believes in them and they've got a reminder of all the good stuff that they're capable of. It's about building a kind of strong self-image or concept. Yeah, yeah. Building your confidence. And, and yes. can, you know, some people that I see sometimes, you know, they may, they may be masking deeper problems, but they can, they can become... You know, I'll, I'll give I'll give you quite an an, an example. I was walked into mm. a BMW garage a, a couple of years ago, and I was looking for a new car. And it was a young sales guy, all, all dressed up real smart, and he sort of swaggered over to me. You know, can I help? Can I help you? I'm look, looking at a. Um, I'm just looking at cars. Oh, you're not ready to buy right now. Well, just just have a look, and and, and here's my card. And um, but he did it in quite an arrogant way, and it was as though he looked down at me because I wasn't ready to buy. Mm. Um, so I went somewhere else and I bought one within the week. Mm. Uh, he missed out on the sale, but he, 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 he seemed to have an ego about him, a swagger about him. And I didn't trust him. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's, and he wasn't interested in you. He didn't ask questions. He didn't try and find out what, what stage you're at. He made assumptions, didn't he? And, and one, one of my favorite quotes about selling is, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And he didn't care about you. He wasn't interested in in you until you showed really strong signs of buying from him. Yeah, yeah. I suppose I just actually thought that that scene in Pretty Woman when sales was yes. wasn't yeah. interested in her. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so there's that. There's that. Um, you know, so you've got to really work with yourself then to you know develop develop yourself um, in in such a way that people do trust you and you you know, come across as likable and you're interested in you're serving them. Um, so, so you also mentioned the next principle in, in uh, was trust in what you do or sell. Mm. As a business owner, I wonder how do you create something that you really have confidence in? It seems today when you, you look around there, there could be so many different things you could be doing. Yes. Um, you know, what are the things and what are the things that we need to offer to then build that trust? Well, to find out what the problems are that need solving, because it's um, a lot of entrepreneurs, and, and this is what I was like when I first started, have an idea and they think, this is great. I, I, I really like this idea. Um, so let's put it out there. And then it flops because because actually it's not solving the problems that are out there. So finding out from your contacts, from your leads, from your prospects, get, doing surveys, doing focus groups, all that kind of work is really beneficial. And um, um, and I, I didn't see the benefits until I was in, well into my business because I just wanted to get out there fast and I didn't want to slow down the process. But actually, it's an essential part of the process is to ask the questions, is to find out what are the big problems and how can you solve them? Yeah. Yeah. So so uh, by, by doing that, that then helps you produce something that people want to buy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And um 
in as I say, I work a lot with coaches, but anyone who has services, um, it's a good idea to have um, offers at different price levels so that people can start working with you at a small level that is less of um, uh, less of a risk um, so that they can build up and start working with you at, at a much higher level. Um, for example, everyone these days has a, a freebie, a lead magnet, or I call it a value exchange tool because it's got to be something of value that you you exchange for their contact details and then you'd probably have something quite small a a small program online program under fifty dollars um that people can buy into just to try try before they buy the the real program from you then into your core program um and then start offering other stuff like a like a vip program that has extra bits into it so that people um, have a more intensive experience with you. And then um, a continuity product. That's what I'm working with with my clients at the moment is building continuity products because often coaches will put out six-week, 12-week programs. um, And yes, they can have transformational results, but often people want to implement those over a longer period of time and they need that maintenance and support and accountability over a longer period of time. And some coaches miss out on that. Excellent. Yeah, that's going to be um, a little bit of the... You know, part of part of the theme of the show next week, actually. Um, oh, really? With Danny Eni, yeah, he he, mm-hmm. he talked about, and we talked to him about that sort of difference about creating um, educational products rather than publishing something which has maybe you know got commodity um, value to it. Mm. Then having having products which you know integrate some you know face to face, a bit like you know you, if you could buy a book, but you could also do a university degree, and one's got a, a huge additional price tag associated with it because um, it, it, it enables you, the person not just to learn something but also to take their skills to another level. Exactly. Um, um, I saw this, I was reading about, you know, these fitness um, watches and uh, devices like Fitbits and things that you yeah. buy and, you know, they're kind of great. I've got got them and they help you look at 10,000 steps and you know, your right. heartbeat and all that sort of thing and I, I saw some research which was saying you know in a, in a sample group that people with them actually hadn't necessarily achieved more when it came to their health and fitness than um than those who didn't have them um however they you know the big thing i think and the the research concludes that what people really need is the combination of that device and some face-to-face you know support and accountability to to, to take them to another level which i think opens up all you know all sorts of prop- opportunities for for people Mm. Yeah. yeah and there are people doing very well online in those kind of programs i think i think the fitbit stuff gives you that awareness doesn't it It gives you the awareness of what you could be doing um yes. but you don't necessarily go ahead and do it yes that's that's right and it, it gets it doesn't seem a massive investment but the next investment i suppose is to realize hmm, it's not quite working fully i'm enjoying looking at it but <laughs> <laughs> It works as a watch as well. Yeah, I'm getting the ten thousand steps in, but I'm not eating any less. Or um, so, uh, so I, I think that's what we're we're kind of talking about here. I mean, how does um? I, I guess you you particularly a coaching coaches are you? You know, would does that kind of can that kind of system work for I don't know, you know, a a, a company that repairs cars or um you know in those sorts of sectors? 
Um, yes, I'm sure. I mean, the the freebie is the is the trial run, isn't it? The trial try the car out. Um, the qualifier, I guess that's a bit that's a bit difficult. You can't have a model car. Well, I guess you could have a model car, but it's not going to do the job. But but the VIP is going to be the the obviously the core is the car itself. The VIP are all the extras you can upgrade it to, and then the continuity is the insurance and the maintenance and the um, and the servicing, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. it does fit that model. Yeah. So let's let's um, let's sort of move on from there. Then you know you say that I mean, we've we've looked at ourselves, and uh, we're I, I suppose that's something we have to do on an ongoing basis. Um, uh, and I think just think one thing I, I realise sometimes is that people often, you know, they have a kind of values in their mind in terms of how much they can offer a product for, but you need a lot more confidence to offer a product uh, a much higher value. Exactly. Yeah. And so we're keeping building that up, and yeah. and um, you then develop your 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 product or, or concept. And one, I, I suppose that you've got to have great trust in, and that great trust comes from it matching the needs of customers because you've gone out and done the research and you're solving the problems and you've done your survey groups and your focus groups. But how do you then um, you take that product and really really start to build trust amongst your prospects? How do you do that? Um, you, you trial it. You trial it. You get people to trial it, give you feedback and give you testimonials. And I think testimonials is gold dust when it comes to trust. Um, people, I think on LinkedIn, I've got over 70 testimonials because I really, really value them. And so if somebody has, um, has tried a product or a, a service with me, then one of the things I'll do is to ask them for a testimonial. So, for, for numerous reasons. One is, yes, yeah, great that I've got it in writing and I can show to other potential clients, but it also gives me feedback on what, because sometimes we think they value something in us, but it's actually something else. Yeah. Um, like a lot of my testimonials are because I'm warm and friendly. Now, I, I would have wanted, I would have thought maybe it's in the in the creativity that I brought to their solving their problem or something else, but it's, 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 it's understanding what it is that people really value in you that comes out in the testimonials. Um, So that's a big, big part of building trust. My wife saw your photo in in my outline and said, Oh, she looks friendly. (laughs) today." (laughs) Well, she was right. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, I'm kind of, so you, it, it builds upon your prospects, you um, getting testimonials. Does, does um, if you ask, to, ask a, a prospect or someone who's just experienced your service to write a testimonial, do you think, do you think by asking them to take the time to write down their thoughts about you, it, it reinforces in some ways their thoughts about you? Yes, yes, that was another, yeah, that's another benefit of asking for testimonials because they may not have stopped to consider why was that so good. They might have thought, hmm, that was useful, but hadn't stopped to consider why. And it helps them to implement what they've learned from the experience um, and by recognizing it. And it will also help them to articulate it to other people when they ask. So, yeah, there's numerous benefits from, from asking people to do testimonials. And what are your thoughts about, you know, there's, there's testimonials there with um, to start building trust, but, you know, do you, is there a way to keep, um, you know, communicating with um, with potential prospects in a trusted manner? I think uh, you know, so, social medias can can play a role positively yeah, yeah. and probably negatively if you 
play it badly. Um, but are there other high trust ways to do that? Um, and, you know, so when, uh, you know, giving out people send out gifts and those sorts of things. You know, pens with logos on, tailored to you, and all that sort of thing. Uh, is there a role for those sorts of things? I'm not sure that the gifts are actually building the trust. I wouldn't necessarily say that unless they were in terms of pens and things, but if they're really valuable and relevant to solving the problem, that's why the role of lead magnet is so is so important or the value exchange tool is so important because if you give somebody something that's solving a problem right now, um, in the olden days of like two years ago, it was an e-book, a, fu- a full-on book was free, but these days people don't have time to read them and so you're not helping them solve the problem. So something like a... Like a, a a diagnostic quiz or a template or a script or something that solves the problem right now, those kind of gifts uh, would definitely build up trust because they see that you have got an invested interest in solving their problem and you've got skills or, or tools or techniques to actually do it on a, on a minor scale so they could upgrade that to work with you on, on bigger problems. So I'm not sure that free gifts would be, would be uh, necessarily a good thing. Um, the other thing that that I've seen done well is building communities on Facebook, for example, having closed communities where you give a lot of information, you give a lot of um, uh, help, you have Q&A sessions, you have uh, opportunities for people to promote their businesses to each other. Um, that that can be a way of building trust. I've got a, a community called Nikki's Trusted Sales Club on, on Facebook, of which you're a member, I think, Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the kind of things that go on there are just to to build trust. There's no, there, there's sales opportunities one day a week for for everybody, but the, the purpose there is not to try and sell all the time. It's to show the expertise and to solve problems of a group of people on an ongoing basis. Excellent, yeah. Um, I, I think um, yeah, for, uh, one of the things I, I, I do is the show. Uh, yes, yes. I try and add value. You know, add value to people who are listening who some people will know me and um, – yeah, that's one of the, one of the techniques that I used, and ask for anything in return, but just do it to try and try and help, really. Exactly, and it and part of this discover your inner sales superhero is finding out what are the best channels to market, what are the best ways that you can communicate with your potential audience that suit your personality. So yes, you on radio, that's a that's a brilliant combination. For other people, it might be writing articles. For others, it might be um, networking, public speaking, that all those kind of things. So it's about discovering which ways work best for you that are going to be authentic and fun for you to do. That's a really important point that people often ask me, should I start doing a podcast or a radio show? And I sort of ask them, well, it requires an awful lot of discipline and a lot mm. of work and time and, uh, and commitment. So you've got to absolutely love it. Exactly. So you don't absolutely love it, but you finally love writing, do the writing, mm. <laughs> do mm. something else, but just do this because you're drawn to it, because you love it, not because it's got a means to an end. Um, exactly. Uh, so we're going to go to another commercial break, but after the break, let's let's talk about the um, you know tr- how to build a trusted sales process and how to really uh, develop clients' relationships that are really trusting as well. So we'll be back with you again in just a couple of minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. 
Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. What if every day was a good day for business? Because every decision you made was the best choice. What if you could receive regular input from credible sources and could acquire all the precise information you need exactly when you need it so you can make the right decision every single time? Because There's More challenges you to make better decisions. Join Laura Ellis every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, and 2 p.m. GMT on the Voice America Business Channel and learn how to think differently for better decisions, better business. tuned into the business elevation show with your host chris cooper if you have a question or comment about our show please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk that's chris at chriscooper.co.uk now back to chris cooper hi it's chris cooper uh, we're talking about um, the principles for uh, trusted selling if, if you want to um you want to know what's coming up in terms of uh, shows and some of the takes and links and things like that to uh, to past shows. We send out a communication roughly about once a month with that information. You can access that at chriscooper.co.uk. Just um, click on the, there's a, a button on there somewhere about subscribing. We don't bombard you with email, but we just send something that's useful um, regularly to you. So um, I'm going to um, come back to Nikki now. We're going to talk about, we talked about um, about trust and it starts with, you know, trusting in yourself and looking at yourself internally. Uh, we then talked about, uh, you know, building um, trust in what you do or sell. And Nikki shared, you know, five offers um, and, and sort of steps that um, often, you know, companies in the, in the people development kind of sector tend to operate and use. Um, we talked about um, building trust amongst um, prospects, um, you know, giving them uh, opportunities to trial and testimonials and and those sorts of things. So the next um, step in that sequence is to build a really sort of trusted sales process and really doing it in a way that's aligned, I think, with your own sort of values. So um, how do we do that, Nikki? Well, that's the million-dollar question, isn't it? But I think the the key to, to working with people and getting them on board and to trust you as far as possible is having a one-to-one with them. Um, that might not be uh, possible in, in some industries, in some uh, markets, but um, in mine, in coaching and in training, that it, it is possible. So once you've got uh, either on Skype or phone or face-to-face uh, your ideal prospect and you're having the conversation Obviously, the best thing is to to ask powerful questions and listen. Uh, in the olden days, salespeople made the mistake of speaking more than listening. But I think nowadays people realize that um, we've got two ears and one mouth for a reason and that uh, listening is one of the, the most important skills of a salesperson. So asking the, the the core questions to to gently challenge people about what their problems are that that, that they're that the conversations about and to dig deep to really find out that it, it's not just um 
you know they they they're scared of picking up the phone there's something underneath that why aren't why aren't they picking up the phone what's what's behind that what could be the worst scenario and just going a bit deeper into those areas as as a coach would do is a lot of coaching skills in good sales skills and once once you've really um explored the problem and worked out what it, what the key issue is then deciding have you got something that can solve them have you got a service or a product that could solve that problem um and in trusted selling if you haven't then you are quite open and say it i can't so- so- solve that for you right now but i know somebody who can or i that isn't an area of my expertise um, but i can find out somebody who could help you all of that is going to bring you trust way back in the old days when i was in italy um selling books for a living um to universities and schools um when i would walk into a, a new school um i would be once i'd found out what they needed i would be honest about things in my book bag that they didn't need that wouldn't be good for them and by saying what wouldn't work for them they trusted me when i when i gave my recommendations of what would work for them so the same thing now once you've listened to what it is that they they want to resolve um put a recommendation not not don't say that you can solve the problem because there's other aspects that you don't know about they know the full extent of that problem so but put a recommendation forward whether it's your own or somebody else's um and put a recommendation forward um and then i the way i like to operate is to then hand it back to them and say how would you like to take this further what would you like to do next So rather than saying do you want to sign do you want to start on monday or wednesday or any of those kind of really closing down people but but keep the conversation open keep them open so that you can really understand where they are in the sales process often if i say how would you like to take this further they will say to me when can we start what how can i sign up with you and it and it comes from them and it's and you're giving them the opportunity to take that decision and to make that step to work with you and what what do you do in a trusted way if there are you know objections well um Zig Ziglar who said there are five objections lack of trust was one of them and if you've shown that you've listened to them and you're putting their needs first and not your own in in trying to sell them something they don't really need then they won't have that objection the other objections could be a uh, lack of money so you want to see uh, if that is a if lack of money is a genuine one or it is because they don't value yet what you, what it is that you've put out there so just gently questioning them about um okay so if you don't if you don't think this is of value what would really help you solve this problem or what would it take for you to um want to work with me in that way if if money is the, is a, is a problem right now so you gently um challenge them on those because a lot of people use money as an objection because they're scared because they're scared of making the change they're scared of taking that next step i've had a few clients that are, are keep keep putting off working with me and when i've asked them why they've said i know as soon as i start working with you my life's going to change and i need to get ready for that so we do need to respect people's um 
people's pace and the, and the pace that they want to take things at. And I think a lot of the techniques that use scarcity, that say you've got to sign up now or else you lose the deal, all of those kind of things, they don't respect people's needs, uh, different needs to go at different different paces, different speeds. Um, and uh, whilst they may work, they don't build trust on a long-term basis. No, they, they don't, do they? I suppose that's, you know, I, I experienced this when um, a number of years ago when I used to be a sales trainer in, in a, an organisation and I would go out with, with people who got sales targets and, you know, they would go into that meeting and they'd say, well, you know, what's the objective to this one? Well, to come out with a contract worth X thousand pounds. Mm. And say, but you you don't understand the needs. You don't understand, what, you know, whether that is realistic or, or possible. Mm. Um, mm. Is the right intention to go with, um, but but somebody who's got a target that they've got to hit every month, mm. doesn't always engender trust, does it? Not at all. No, no. The target should be to build a number of relationships, and and that they will flourish and and become sales in the future. But yeah, it's all too often that the targets are set on a daily, even hourly basis, which doesn't give chance to build trust or or build those relationships. You're right. It probably also engenders that that distrust of salespeople. Yes, that's exactly where it comes from, isn't it? Yeah. Behaviors yeah. and attitudes. So, so uh, you know, ideally, I guess if you're selling for yourself, then you don't, you know, probably have that pressure in terms of you need to make um, a certain amount of income and living to survive or grow grow a business. But if you're not, I suppose the harder scenario is if you're in a very hard sales environment which is uh, heavily numbers-focused, mm. harder to do it in a trusted way. Mm, that is hard. It needs to come from the very top, doesn't it? It needs to come from the top. That, um, that, and the, and the, tra- the clients need to be tracked to see at what stage they buy and to see who initiated that conversation and who kept that conversation going. There are different ways that call centres and things like that could be done in a much more trustful way, um, but there aren't many actually doing it that way mm. so what about trust in your in your clients how do you build that trust such as they such that they keep wanting to come back for more it's keep talking to them in a in, in a nutshell is to keep talking to them keep checking in with the clients making sure that they're happy with the current service asking them what else do they need i have clients coming back to me um saying i really need a course around this can you do one um so rather than go to somebody else they'll come to me and kind of commission a course off me um or some some kind of training off me because they trust me and they know that that i will deliver and i'll I'll, I'll make a big effort to to solve their problems. So it's keeping it keeping in the loop, keep making sure that you're constantly talking to your clients, um, and 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 they've got great ideas to share. So um, some of my 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 academy, for example, is as a result of my clients wanting on an ongoing maintenance program with more accountability and more support rather than a short course so that's just come about from listening to my current clients i, I suppose the, those clients who trust you as well I, i've certainly experienced this and, and i know you will have as well is that if uh, if you uh, if you develop that you know relationship if, if they're even if they're not 
ready to buy from you right now. I don't see the opportunities. A lot of those people will be very happy to refer you to other people who benefit from your service. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And referrals is really important, isn't it? Because word of mouth is the most trusted way of of um, buying into a new new person, new product, new service. Definitely. Mm. Um, well, we're, we're drawing towards the end of the interview. We've got about oh, another, that was quick. Uh, another three minutes of chatting before I need to wrap up. But I wonder, you know, is, is there a, you, you've been running and building your own business for, for some time. And I wonder, is there a, a, you know, one tip that you would give to people who are maybe starting out on that road right now I would say don't try and do it on your own that's the mistake I made at the at the beginning so so find um find a group uh, find a coach find a a community find a, a buddy you can you can share experiences with but um working setting up your own business working on your own can be really lonely um and it's 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 great to have a supportive family around but working with somebody who understands who's either been there and done it or is going through it at the same time uh there's no substitute for that i think that's that's the most important thing to do when you're starting out and you're absolutely right particularly if you've been in an organization with lots of other people around you and mm. And you suddenly find that you've got to do all those things that you didn't really like doing yes. before. Like you've got to manage um, printers and yes. phone yeah. lines and mobile I- phone contracts. IT and- problems and accounts and, yeah, all that stuff, yeah. Kind of, that's where I mean, you and I both met through, through Talent Dynamics, didn't we? And that's we uh, did. a great way when you understand your profile is you see those areas that suddenly make you groan. Um, <laughs> understand where that comes from (laughs) (laughs) you know why yeah (laughs) (laughs) i wonder have you got any final messages that you'd really like to to share with us today um i think the if when you're selling from the heart and you and you really want to solve problems for other people the key thing is to to put them first to put the client first and the best way of doing that is is to ask questions and listen deeply to the answer um i think that that's going to be the key to helping people who are maybe nervous or reluctant to to enter into the sales process is just thinking of it as as a service that you're doing and finding out what problems you can solve by asking the questions and listening to the result to the replies so therefore requires a fair degree of of flexibility then once once you really understand what it is people need yes yes Mm. and as you mentioned there that you know maybe that something comes out that you can't help with but you know someone else who can which which still builds trust because they they'll know that when they do have something that you can help them with, you'll be the first person they come to because you you helped them out before. Yeah, yeah. So keep that keep that relationship, um, and then if they're potentially a good client, because it can be about timing, can't it? it exactly. Can mm. I love exactly. that. You know, sort of going back, sort of summarising a little bit about what you said. I mean, one of the things that really, um, you know, struck me that I think was very valuable for people like, you know, only three percent of people at any one time maybe in an audience might be interested in what you've what you've got out of a group 30 percent um will never be interested but at least 67 percent which will be at some point so mm. at the end of the day you know it is it sales about keeping you know lots of great relationships with the right people and then who may either when the timing is right buy from you or recommend you to people they know who want to buy now great summary chris yeah 
Well, well thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been, it has been an absolute pleasure uh, chatting with you today, Nikki. Um, it Likewise. Huge thank you. I hope you've enjoyed being on the show today. I really have. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. It's been great. Thank you. You're very welcome. And do let us know um, how... Um, how your husband uh, gets on with his, uh, with his band with proper uh, we're looking forward to seeing great things and uh, and catching him on the european tours and things like that would be good and uh, if you really want to find out more about you know trusted selling and about the work that nikki does uh, and and her team go to trustedsalesdynamics.com that's trustedsalesdynamics.com um, and also next week um, a, a really nice sort of follow-on from the conversation today with Nikki. We have uh, Danny Innie on the show. Um, Danny um, is going to talk about uh, really creating um, educational uh, products uh, and how to go and do that very effectively online uh, and potentially combining that offline. He's a real expert at having done that. He's uh, set up some great businesses doing that sort of thing. He's written a great book. And uh, for those who, uh, who listen to that show and access the code, you'll be able to get in the first 50, we'll get a free copy of his book. So do join us next week. Uh, once again, a huge thank you to Nikki Bonfanti. And uh, let's hope that Leicester beat Chelsea tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> We thank you for listening to the Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.